Welcome back to The Love Frequency, episode number 10. I'm your host, Lisa Love, and I'm glad to be back. I did take the week off unintentionally last week. I've been fairly caught up in caring for a friend of mine who has been contending with COVID. Luckily, she's been able to stay home, but it's been a bit of a rough ride. Day 14, and finally turning the corner. So one of the things that I was incubating to to share about is this topic of guidance. How do you get your guidance? Where does it come from? How do you discern, especially when you're sort of up against a challenge or feeling really reactive, how do you discern what's in your highest and best interest? There are really so many ways that we can seek guidance. I remember when I was 20 and on Deer Isle in Maine, I met this massage therapist. There was a massage school and I was apprenticing uh, through the Maine Organic Farming and Gardening Association. And somehow I caught wind that they were looking for volunteers for their students. So I volunteered to get my first massage. And the massage teacher showed her students how to douse, how to use a pendulum to douse. And I was out on a walk with her, and she picked up a windfall apple, and she doused to see if it was a good apple or not, whether there was a worm in there or not. And I was so intrigued. So I later found out how to use kinesiology, and I've used that as a tool for many decades. And there's lots of different ways you can do it. But back to my friend who, who's had COVID, I was, I was asking for guidance before we knew, you know, what she was sick with, whether it was COVID, whether it was the flu, or whether it was something else. And I got that it was a no, a no on COVID and a no on the flu. And then she turned out testing positive and clearly it's COVID. She lost her sense of taste and smell. And so, you know, guidance is an art. And if you are using kinesiology, learning how to muscle test or use it pendulum, bear in mind that it's not always 100% accurate. You know, rarely, rarely anything is 100% accurate. And so when you do seek guidance, remember that you need to run it back through your full discernment. Just because you might get input from that other perspective, either whether it's another person's perspective or your higher self's perspective, it's still up to you to discern if that really feels resonant for you. So in the case of my friend, the question was, you know, should she go get a test? And so she did. And so she used her rational mind and good logic and reasoning. And, you know, we've proceeded with getting her the right kind of care. And she's just turning the corner now. So it's important to hold things in perspective and not throw out a tool just because it's not right 100% of the time. And I've been, I've been using this tool for, golly, probably three and a half decades. So I don't want to discourage you from learning how to do it, but 
there's other ways too that you can seek guidance. And so one of the things that I share with my clients is that we have obviously our cognition, right? So the head is one one way that we know things or one way that we can think about things. Then there's the heart center. And that has a different sense of knowing. And it tends to know things non-verbally. It's more of a felt sense. And then we have our gut center, right? Our gut sense, our intuition, our instinct. And that's around the navel center. And when we're making a decision, it can be very helpful to check in with all three places in your body to find out how does that resonate here? How does it feel in my gut? And so I often will tell people, try putting one hand on your navel and one hand over the center of your chest and just sink into the breath a little bit, calm your mind. And the easiest and quickest way that I know to calm the mind is to rest the tongue at the roof of the mouth, wherever that's comfortable, and to still the eyes, to still the gaze and focus at one point and slightly out of focus. And then to lengthen the breath without making it uncomfortable. And just doing a few rounds of breath like that, maybe a minute or two, you tend to notice with time and practice that the mind does slow down. And it gives you a space of just noticing. And it's in that space that it's easiest, I think, to sense what your body's response is when you ask a question. So let's try this out. If you have the opportunity, place a hand on the center of your chest and one on your navel. And feel the effect in your body of this word. Yes. 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 And how does that feel? What do you notice? Okay, and then take another breath and try out how this word resonates for you. No. 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 Now, I notice when I say the word no, I get a constriction in my chest, especially around my heart, and I get a little jumpy feeling in my navel area. And when I experience yes, there is sort of a softening inside and a spreading warmth and an ease. And so if you get used to discerning how your body responds when something's affirmative for you, when something is in your best interest, you can skip using a pendulum or using kinesiology. You can do that inner sensing of resonance. And if you're not clear, if the mind is too busy, come back, you know, take a break. Give it some time. Come back when you're clear. And sometimes if we're stressed, or we're distracted, or we're tired, or we're thirsty, or we're hungry, that's not a good time to do that kind of checking in. You really sort of need to be at an even keel, which is probably why, under the duress of my friend being sick, that, you know, I wasn't so accurate. And I, 
Maybe a part of me wanted to deny the fact that, that this could really be happening for her, you know? And so when we are asking questions for guidance, it's really helpful if we can recognize what our desired outcome is, what our own bias is, and see if we can just set that aside. Knowing that we can still choose with free will whatever decision that we want to make, but when we ask for guidance, we want to tune in to our highest interest. You might think of it as your higher self. Or you can call on the guidance of a helper guide, uh, a, healing, um, a healing guide, an archangel, an angel that's really got your highest and best interest at heart. And then it's important that you sort of quiet yourself, get clear about what the question is, and then ask. And once you've asked, just rest in that place of not knowing. Kind of an inner listening, an inner receptivity. And then you can put your hand on your navel, hand on your heart, or you can use kinesiology or you can ask for a sign that maybe comes within the next 48 hours and just go about your business. Sometimes the sign will be that, you know, you'll read a phrase in a book or you'll hear something on the radio or TV that all of a sudden clicks and you realize that's related to the question that you had. Or you'll overhear somebody talking or you'll ask somebody that, maybe we'll know something and they can point you to a resource. So you can have these little synchronicities that are like breadcrumbs along the way of, of finding things out. We don't always have to know the answer in the moment. You know, sometimes the process is one of trial and error and discovery. See, sometimes you have to be really patient. Prayer is also another way that people like to seek guidance centering prayer, talking to nature, going out in nature and just talking out loud and seeing what insights come. Sometimes it happens when you're in the shower and you're just in the moment and not really even thinking of anything in particular and all of a sudden a flash of insight will come. Could be dreams, right? If you, if you remember your dreams, you jot them down and Allow yourself to reflect on them. Sometimes answers are in there because the unconscious often reveals information to us through dream symbols. And it can be really helpful if when you wake up from a particularly vivid dream, if you notice what emotion you're feeling. What were the emotional intensities in that dream? And then you can tell yourself the dream from your perspective and write it down. And then you can also go back and pick any other character or part in that dream and tell the dream over again from that other perspective. You can also imagine that every element of your dream represents an aspect of you. And that can be a really helpful tool too. I remember when I was uh, apprenticing on a sheep farm 
I received some guidance in a really unexpected way. This had never happened before, but I was sleeping, and in my dream, I saw the sheep in the young rams in the north pasture. There were three different pastures, and it was as if I was standing out in the driveway, the gravel driveway, looking at the pasture. There was moonlight. There was dew on the grass. And I could see the, the ram coming down, and he had curly horns, coming down grazing, and there were several others near him. And the bridge of his nose bumped the bottom wire of the electric wire fence. And when he did that, he got a shock, and so he reared his head back suddenly, and his horns got wrapped in the second and third strands of this little wire fence. And every now and then, every couple seconds, he jolted, you know, kind of jerked, eventually fell down on his knees. All the other rams scrambled up the, the hill, and he died. And I woke up, and I didn't remember the dream. But as I was helping clear the breakfast dishes, Charlie came back in after he'd gone out to start doing the chores, and he said, I've got bad news. And I had this rush of goosebumps, and I'm like, oh my gosh. I said, what happened? And he said, a ram died. I said, wait a minute, was that in the north pasture? He said, yeah. I said, were his horns caught in the electric wire fence? And he goes, how did you know? I said, you're not going to believe this. I saw it in my sleep. And so I had this, apparently, this psychic connection with, with sheep in distress in my sleep. And two more times during that year that I was an apprentice, I had information that came through. The second time, again, was in my sleep. And that story was that I remembered upon wakening up that I had um, seen that there was, no, I hadn't seen this, I, that I heard a little bleating sound coming from this pen that was in a dark part of the barn that had about five or six ewes penned up in a kind of a small area. And there was a hay feeder that had a little space between the back of the hay feeder and the wall, and it was really dark back there, and that there was a baby lamb that had been born and as the mother was licking it, it got nudged over the foot of the back of the hay feeder, pitched forward between the wall and the hay feeder, and it couldn't turn around. And the mother couldn't get it out, and it, it made a little bleating noise. So when I woke up, I thought, well, okay, well, you know, what's the chance that this is real? But I'm going to check anyway. So I went out to the barn, and I looked, and I couldn't see anything. I didn't see any mothers in distress. I didn't hear any little bleating noises. So I decided not to go in and make them all run around because they were, they were pregnant. And I was alone on the farm that, that week. The family had taken a vacation, so I had never seen anything be born yet in my life. So I was a little nervous. So I just chalked it up to nerves. So I went about doing my chores, and then about two hours later, as I came back through the barn, I heard a little bleating noise. I go in, pull out the hay feeder, voila, a little baby lamb that had just been born. So I, I don't know if 
that had happened in the night or whether I had sort of a premonitionary sort of dream that it happened while I was out and about doing other chores. And then the third time that it happened, I was just in that kind of twilight sleep state. And it was about 11, 11, yeah, about 11 at night. And I saw three black lambs being born. This was still during lambing season. And so I woke myself up and I, I called out to Kathy, uh, who was going to be doing the late night check up until midnight. I said, I just saw three black lambs being born. And she goes, okay, because by now they, they knew that this kind of thing happened. So she goes out to the barn and she looks. She came back in. She said, no, no action. She said, I'll check one more time before I go to bed. And it was my turn to get up at 4 o'clock to start the, the early morning checks. Because I guess sheep don't give birth generally between midnight and 4 because it, uh, it's like a natural survivor mechanism for their hormones because that's when they're most vulnerable to, from uh, predators. And if they had just given birth to a, a baby, then they wouldn't be able to run, you know, if a wolf was after them. So we pretty much left them alone between midnight and 4. So I went to sleep. And about 2, 2.30 in the morning, I was awakened suddenly as if somebody was shaking me by the shoulders. And I felt this imperative that I had to go out to the barn. So I put on my overalls and I head out to the barn. This is like a cold March night. And there was Fifi, who had been so pregnant. There was, she was dropping babies faster than she could lick off their noses. There was a, a white lamb still intact in its sack, not moving, not breathing. There was another lamb halfway coming out, and she was like running all over the place. And I called out on the baby monitor to Kathy and Charlie, come out, Fifi's giving birth. So they came out. We couldn't save the white one, but Larry, Curly, and Mo, three black lambs, were just fine. And I was, I was really at a loss at that point. I was like, you know, 21. I was at a loss for understanding. How could that happen that I could see something so clearly as a premonition before it actually happened? But that was, that was some way that I was receiving guidance through the quantum field, which at the quantum level, beyond the fourth dimension, there really is no such thing as time. And the sages of, of all times have said, you know, that everything is now. And you have this concept of, past lives or past, present, future. And it's only from the third dimension here that we have this perspective of chronological or linear time. So I still don't fully understand it, but um, I think it's pretty neat that when we're open and receptive, we can perceive things that our conscious mind can't quite understand. And I find that Doing meditation, a meditation practice, is so very helpful for learning how to go inside, to watch the activity of the mind without getting caught up in the content of the mind, and to drop into sensate focus in the body. The more we can discern our sensations in our body, the clearer we are that we can discern what emotions are coming up for us, what feelings are getting triggered. And then we have a sense, right, if, if we're being too active in our thoughts, 
to have clarity or whether we're too flooded in our emotions to have clarity and to know not to make a reflexive decision at that point but to to do something to get calming and recentering and take some space and kind of reset so that we can really be open to receiving clear true guidance that really resonates with us And it's really important that we ask for input, that we ask for help from our higher self, from source, from God, from nature, archangel. And then that you sit with whatever comes through and then discern how does that resonate with my thinking mind, my heart center, and my navel, my gut. So those are just some thoughts that I wanted to share about seeking guidance. And there's some great resources for how to learn kinesiology. And if that's something that you'd like to learn about in a future podcast, I'm happy to cover it. Or you can just Google it. I guess I wanted to mention a couple other things, too. Um, There's some oracle cards like the I Ching or Tarot. Actually, the I Ching isn't an oracle card. It is an oracle, oracle of the cosmic way. And you toss coins to get a reading from the I Ching. And cosmic consciousness is what you're really asking the question of when you use the I Ching or the tarot deck. Or you can use the runes, the Viking runes, or any other oracle cards, angel cards, or the Mother Mary cards, or crystal cards, all sorts of things. And it's a great way to begin to develop kind of a fine-tuned awareness of other ways that you can receive guidance and input. So I really encourage you to play with that and see what, what resonates for you and what helps you. So I hope this helps. hope you have a great week. And stay healthy.